Fiction and reality. New stories, new ideas. Little Beth Entertainment. Hey friends, it's your old pal, the Rocket Noob, and surprise, surprise, we got a new episode of the Model Rocket Show at themodelrocketshow.com. This episode, which we recorded some time ago, we are talking to Neil Weinstock about Open Rocket. Neil Weinstock is one of the developers working on Open Rocket, which is free open source model rocket and high power rocket design and simulation software. Uh, we'll tell you where you can get it. It's free. And there are some exciting new updates. Uh, we did record this episode a while back, so I don't think there's anything in it that was meant to be a surprise that now no longer is a surprise. Um, but just bear in mind that we did record it several months ago. And if you stick around to the end of the show, I got a little something for you. The Model Rocket Show thanks RocketryForum.com for their support. This is L. Corinth. Uh, of course, I should have picked Rocket Noob, but wasn't thinking about branding back when I joined over eight years ago at the Rocketry Forum, which is a global community of rocketeers who openly discuss all aspects of hobby rocketry. So if you have a question, hop on and ask. There are hundreds of experts who can answer just about any rocketry question you have. Check them out today at RocketryForum.com. All right, Neil Weinstock on the Model Rocket Show at themodelrocketshow.com, starting in five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to the Model Rocket Show, a podcast that is all about low and mid-power model rockets. Like the ones you buy at hobby stores and fly in a park. And now, here is your host, Daniel the Rocket Noob. All right, welcome to the Model Rocket Show at themodelrocketshow.com. I would like to introduce our guest, Neil Weinstock, who is one of the developers of Open Rocket. What is Open Rocket? Um, well, Neil, can you tell us what is Open Rocket? How would you describe it? Sure. Well, Open Rocket is a free and open source program that really has a few different purposes that are kind of related, but they each have their own separate sort of thrust. Uh, primarily, it's for simulating uh, the flight of rockets, evaluating the stability of rockets, and it's also a good tool for designing rockets if you're uh, scratch building or uh, if you just want to design paint schemes or, or those other kinds of things. So um, people use them for all three. Some people have higher priorities for one function than the other. Sometimes we squabble about which ones we should prioritize, but uh, I think they're all they're all pretty useful and all pretty important. And how long have you been involved in the project? Uh, I got involved. I sort of weaseled my way in in around 2017, so I guess it's been about five years. Mm -hmm. um, I started off really not as a part of the team, but I made some packaged installers to make it easier to install the program. And I uh, posted a sticky on, about that on uh, the Rocketry Forum. And quite a good number of people uh, use those. And it just simplified the, uh, the Java-related issues, which can sometimes be a bit uh, squirrely. Yeah, I remember seeing that on, on the Rocketry Forum a few years ago. Um, and at the time, I wasn't having any kind of issue with it. So I, I didn't I didn't bother installing it because I wasn't having any kind of problems installing it myself. But, uh, uh, but uh, I remember seeing that post a, a while back. Um, yeah. I mean, and since we are talking about it, it's, 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 a, it's free open source software. So uh, let's go ahead and talk about 
How do you get it? And what are the system requirements for OpenRocket? Well, the way you get it is you go to openrocket.info and you follow the download links. Um, right now, we are in the middle of our public beta program. So you'll find a little link that says uh, that that points you to the, the beta. And uh, I would recommend at this point that we're pretty late in the beta process. So it's pretty solid. I would definitely recommend for most people that they try installing uh, try installing the beta. Um, it, we have installers for Mac, Windows, and uh, Linux. So, And for, for those who are not as tech-savvy as others, when you're referring to the beta, you're talking about a trial run of the next version, right? Yes, yeah, so we've been we've been on a long journey uh, since the since the last official version was 2015, mm-hmm. and uh, after that they uh, went to implement pods, uh, which we can maybe talk about later. But yeah. uh, the the <laughs> the software effort in doing pods it just it really threw the whole uh, code base for a loop, and uh, it sort of got bogged down for a while and. Uh, I think some people were wondering if we were ever going to be able to put out another release. But uh, eventually we got uh, basically an entirely new team and grinded our way out and got it, got it out the door in February. So we're hoping that sometime, you know, sometime later in the summer, I think we'll be able to go out with the final version. But there's so many changes and such large changes in the program that we really wanted to get it out and let people test it so we could find out, uh, find problems and fix them. And it's really, it's been fantastic so far. We have gotten a lot of great bug reports and we've fixed a ton of stuff. So it's, uh, it's been good. As somebody who uh, uses Open Rocket a lot and has done so since I got started in model rocketry, I was, and not knowing anything about who works on it, uh, you know, I know it's open source and everything, and I know that people can contribute to it. And also not being terribly tech-savvy myself or, or understanding what it means to be open source or, or any of that stuff, I sort of thought, well, maybe they're just sort of picking, a, picking away at it here and there, and I didn't even know if it was actively being developed or not. Um, and uh, but, but I tell you what, it's... Um, just to, to give sort of an overview of what it is uh, for beginners, uh, people in, involved in model rocketry, it's, it's basically you open it up um, and it pre- presents you with a design page and you just start picking parts, a nose cone and a body tube and you make fins and, and uh, um, it's, it's, uh, it's a pretty powerful tool, I would say, for especially for model rocketeers, it's one of the things that makes me feel like we are in kind of a, uh, people talk about the golden age of model rocketry being like the 60s and 70s. But I feel like with all of the tools that we have available to us, like altimeters and, you know, uh, special materials like, you know, carbon fiber and stuff like that. And and also with uh, with a tool like Open Rocket, which is Again, just to reiterate, it's a free software that you can download to your computer. You don't have to pay for it. And you can simulate any rocket in your fleet. You just have to know what the measurements are and the mass, the weight of the rocket. Or you can use it to design your own. As a matter of fact, the very first time I built a scratch-built rocket, I didn't know what I was doing. And, uh, but I'd been playing around with Open Rocket, and I 
decided, you know what? I don't have a two-stage model rocket. I'd kind of like one. I didn't have a kit. I thought, well, I have parts and I have this open rocket. I could, I could design a rocket. I could tell if it'll be stable. So it's, um, it's a really powerful tool that I think uh, it's a lot of fun to play around with. It's a lot of fun to just sort of try out different motors, you know, virtually and see what they'll do for the rocket. And, you know, just play around and, 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 and build really big rockets on your computer. Even if you don't have, you know, a high power certification, you know, I could design a, a, a level three rocket, flies on an M motor and see what it would do. And it's pretty neat. I think um, Sampo Niskanen, who was the person who originally wrote Open Rocket as a, as a thesis project in uh, 2009, I think he once uh, posted an Open Rocket file of a full-size Saturn V, <laughs> which was kind of funny. That is. Um, but yeah, when I first got back into rocketry in 2015, um, I discovered Open Rocket pretty quickly, and I was just... I was just blown away by what I could do with it. I had never actually designed uh, or scratch built a rocket before that. But once I started playing an open rocket, it's like I could visualize what I was doing. And that included visualizing the paint scheme and the decals and everything. And I really became quite addicted to it. And since then, I almost do exclusive, exclusively uh, my own designs and scratch builds just because because I really, I really like using it, and I like, uh, I, I like the process. But I think it's important to note, especially for people who are more beginners, that um, you can just use it for. You know, if you've built a kit, you can just use it for helping choose motors and choose delays and things like that. And you really don't have to go into a great deal of detail. The process for simply simulating a rocket. Uh, or evaluating the stability of a rocket is much simpler, or at least it can be much simpler than actually designing a rocket where people worry, oh no, I've got to enter every part and every, make sure I get the weights of all the parts right. And the answer is no, you actually don't have to do that. Um, all you want to do is simulate the flight of the rocket and choose motors. All you basically need are the airframe components, so like the nose cone, the body tubes, transitions, and fins. And at the end, you, over, you measure the weight. You can set it what's called an override. Uh, you measure the weight and where the center of gravity is, and that's it. So all the internal construction, all the materials, all that stuff, you don't need to worry about it. So um, I definitely see a lot of people on the forum, uh, and the, the rocketry forum is really where we, where we do support. So if anyone is using it and has questions, that's definitely the first place to go. Um, but I see people asking, oh, I've got, you know, they've built an SD's, uh, some SD's kit. And they're wondering, hey, I wonder, could I put this motor in it? Could I put this motor in it? How high would it go on this motor? And the answer is, well, you don't, you don't need to guess. You've got free software and you can just enter it in and it's pretty quick and it, it's, a, it's a good exercise. It's leveling up in your, uh, in your rocketry sophistication to, to do it that way. When, uh, you know, that's, you, you've, you've said a number of really, uh, you made a number of really good points there. First of all, as far as scratch building, it was the same with me. Uh, when I first, I first got started, I don't know how long you've, how long have you been doing model rocketry? I knew you got, you, are you a born again rocketeer? Yeah. 
Yeah, I've got the I've got the classic born again rocketeer story. So I did it as a kid in the seventies, and I restarted in two thousand fifteen. So I myself am different. I'm a I'm a I never started as a kid. I I, I had a kit, never built it, didn't have any you know guidance or or know how, and so I really got started when I was forty. I got start, started in my adulthood, um, and I remember you know I buying a copy of the Handbook of Model Rocketry and reading it and reading about, you know, designing and building your own uh, as opposed to kits. And I thought, well, I mean, you know, let's not go crazy here. That's for people who know how to do stuff and make things. Um, and, and, you know, who knows if it'll be stable or, or what motor I should put in it. Uh, and then, uh, but, well, then, <laughs> then, but then I found Open Rocket. And also the the other catalyst for that was um, the book Make Rockets uh, Down uh, or Down to Earth Rocket Science um, by Mike Westerfield. That's a book that's got a lot of projects in it that are model rockets, but none of them are kits. They're just parts, and they're designs. Um, and then, of course, he went on to write a high power book that specifically uses and t- gives you a tutorial on how to use Open Rocket on how to build, oh, really? your, build your first high-power yeah. rocket. Yeah, it's called Make High-Power Rockets by Mike Westerfield. And that one, again, it's, it's by Maker Media. So all of the projects in it are DIY projects. So there's no kits in that. They're just scratch-built rockets. But his level one high-power rocket uses parts you can buy off the shelf, but then walks you through creating the design file for op- through Open Rocket so that you can cut out the fins and weigh the rocket and know what different motors are going to do. So it actually takes you through an open rocket tutorial, um, and which I think is really great. And it's I, he he I th- I don't think there was much on open rocket in the model rocket book, but a lot of his all of his design files are available on his website, which uh, if, I, if it's still active and I can find the link, I will post it in the show notes. But um, uh, so, so you can actually download the open rocket files for his model rocket projects, which I used to, to build that, uh, some of those projects. Um, but the thing is that as far as, yeah, simulating a flight, uh, I mean, as long as you've got the model, the, the model to look the right shape, uh, you don't have to know what the parts weigh because you just get yourself a little kitchen scale, weigh the final model, because it's going to weigh, it's going to be different after you build it and paint it anyway. And then, uh, yeah, you can choose different motors. And, and, and I find it really, really helpful. I, in everything in my fleet, whether it's small or big, low power or high power, um, I, I either make or steal a simulation for it. You can, you can make your own, or a lot of people will publish them on the Rocketry Forum and other websites. And you can just take them and, you know, weigh your model so you know that the model in your simulation is going to be the same weight. You can override that weight. And then, you know, make sure you got the right delay. Because as you say, you know, that's that's one of the things I find it really useful for for beginners. Because sometimes you just don't know. And, uh, you know, especially if you've got a larger project and you don't want it to go wrong, (laughs) you know, that can be really helpful. Yeah, for, I mean, for high power, and yeah, I guess even, even for mid power and up, really, I mean, using a, a tool like Open Rocket, uh, it's essential. I mean, you really can't, 
I agree. Hard to imagine flying a large high-powered rocket without having a good sim um, for it. But you know, some people think, well, for LPO, for low power, you don't really need it. It's not important. It's like, well, yeah, I mean, if you build a kit and use the recommended motors, you're probably pretty safe without yeah. simulating it. But if you buy an Estes kit, they're not going to have recommendations for which uh, Q-Jets are going are gonna to work. Exactly. So you want to try a Q-Jet? Oh, well, is it going to be a four-second delay or a six? You know, they've got mm-hmm. wildly different thrust curves. Find out what it's going to do, you know? Why? There's no reason to guess. Um, it's fun. <laughs> it's fun to, fun to enter it in and uh, get some real data. And after you, if, if you fly altimeters, then after you create the full model, you can sort of calibrate the model against the actual readings you get to sort of uh, fine-tune it and get it to where it's uh, really accurate. Right. So you can see, you, I mean, you enter it, you enter in what the information you have to the simulation. It'll tell you roughly how high it, it should go. And then once you have the altimeter, you see how high it did go and you sort of figure out, okay. And that's really useful for things like TARC, the American Rocketry yep. Challenge, which is, a, uh, which is um, for those who don't know, it's a, it's a design and engineering challenge for middle school and high school students every year. They fly an egg payload, and there's there's uh, there's scholarship money available for those teams. Um, so you want to get a really good, accurate uh, idea of how your rocket's going to fly, and Open Rocket's really useful for that. Yep, I think the really the if, if someone's just getting started with it, the I think the single most important thing is that even even if you design it a uh, scratch built rocket yourself and uh, enter in every part. And even if you weigh every part, still, when you're all done, before you simulate flights, always put in an override for the weight and the center of gravity as you measure it. That's right. Um, because no matter how accurately you measure all your parts, you're not going to be weighing all the glue they use and the paint. And uh, so the estimates you can get on on the weight and the center of gravity and the stability and all those things it while you're in the design phase are very valuable but very often when you measure what you've built it's like eh, that doesn't quite agree with the estimates because and there's variables that the program really can't uh, take into account so yeah my my rockets always end up heavier than the parts if i weigh all of the parts and then i build the rocket and paint it um, and just a callback to an episode of the Rocketry Show, our pre, our other, our sister podcast. Uh, when I was on that a few years ago, um, I had done some projects where I decided I just want to see how much paint weighs. And so I built a few models, and I was quite surprised that I've got I've got a, a couple of models where um, half the weight of the rocket is paint. It's mostly primer. The primer is heavier than the paint, but uh, you know, I I. I leave most of my primer on because I like to get it nice and smooth. I don't like to I don't like to sand, you know, bare spots because I find that I get little fuzzies if I do that. And when you do that, you know, you, you'd be surprised how much weight uh, paint can add. So you do need to weigh your rocket if you're going to use a simulation program. You need to weigh it when it's done and make sure you know where the center of gravity is. Yeah, um, it's a good time to mention if anybody anybody who's in rocketry should have a scale. <laughs> it's the easiest thing to get. I agree. Never guess. I agree. Just buy one for 10 bucks off Amazon and uh, it's a fantastically useful, useful little tool. I, I, I tell you what, I have three scales 
the one that I use the I have one tiny little one that's accurate to a tenth of a gram, which I find is just it's it's too it's too accurate. <laughs> it's too fussy. Oh, that's that's the one I use. That's the one I use all the time. If you breathe on it, it the the weight <laughs> changes. Then I have another one that's good for like 125 pounds, and you know I got to plug that one in. The one that I use the most is the little kitchen scale that I got for, honestly, during the pandemic, I was one of those people making sourdough bread. So I, I got a, I didn't have a scale for the kitchen. So I got this kitchen scale and it is, it's, 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 it's the least fussy scale I have. And I've used it for all my little rockets. I've even used it for my large high power rocket. That's like 1300 grams, uh, four inch diameter rocket. And you know, a scale is, yeah, I, I don't, I, I don't, I wouldn't, I mean, you can, you can certainly, if you just want to build kits, you can do it. But I, I really like the figuring out what, what, you know, the ins and outs of, of building a model and, and flying a model, using a scale, using a simulator. Um, another thing I like is uh, sometimes, you know, uh, a, like a model rocket will come with a ABC 18 millimeter diameter motor tube, but it's got space in there. And, you know, maybe I want to fly it on a D or an E. 24 millimeter motor tube, but I want to make sure the model is still going to be stable. I want to see how high I can expect it to go because, well, if it's windy, then I might not want to fly it on that D or E motor. Um, and uh, some models I like to, I like to make boosters for them and make them two stagers. And when you make a two stager, you need to make sure that the whole thing is stable, not, not just the upper stage, but the, the, the two stages together have to be stable. And then once it drops that first stage, you have to make sure the upper stage is stable. And if you're going to, you know, alter or modify a kit like that, you need to, I mean, Estes and other model designers, they, they make sure that the rocket they're giving you is stable. But if you start to fiddle with, you know, the size of the motor or adding boosters, you know, you really need to double check that the rocket's going to be stable. And that's the kind of thing, the, the principles of stability you can learn about through the handbook of model rocketry. But Open Rocket makes it very simple because it'll show you where your center of pressure is. And you can find where your center of gravity is when you finally build the model. And you'll be able to see, is this actually going to be a stable model? Absolutely. And um, there are definitely uh, times when, uh, particularly, probably more in uh, low-powered than, uh, than mid and high, but we have complicated models, you know, sometimes uh, kind of crazy things with cut tubes and fins on fins and all sorts of things. You know, the accuracy of the, of the, of the simulation model can sort of get a little iffy. Um, so uh, you do have to sort of be aware of the limitations of the program. Um, it's using uh, sort of uh, carefully constructed um, simplifications and approximations of each kind of component. Um, people shouldn't get too, <laughs> get too confident that anything they can, they can see on the screen is, is going to be accurately simulated because uh, not always, not always. So, uh, but for simpler rockets, it's very, you know, it's very reliable, very accurate. And uh, as you say, people use it for competitions, uh, people doing, uh, you know, college level competitions, Spaceport America and things, they're all using programs like this for, um, for doing all of their modeling. Now, that was going to be one of my questions was about the limitations. I, I actually, 
I have a little bit of an anecdote because, um, we, you know, this show is about model rocketry. We don't, we haven't really talked about high power stuff, but um, at my club, we have college teams that show up to do level one certifications because they're do they have aerospace programs. Um, they have people who've never done rocketry before necessarily, and maybe they're going to you know participate in the Spaceport America Cup or something. And uh, a lot of times you have people who've shown up and they have done a simulation of the rocket that they've built. They built it from scratch and things go wrong that they don't anticipate because there are limitations. There are things that a open rocket won't tell you. Um, you know, for example, we had someone show up and, and, and a lot of times, uh, you know, this is, no offense to anybody, any anybody in a, a a college team, but sometimes you have people who really want to push the limits. They want to show off a little bit. We had someone show up and they wanted to fly the rocket for their level one on an H nine ninety nine, which is oh an Aerotech motor, high power motor. It's very high thrust. It, the nine ninety nine refers to the fact that it has. 999 newtons of average thrust. I think its peak is, I can't remember what, but I, I, I did a little bit of calculations. This peak thrust, if you go by pounds, if you're in the United States and you're looking at pounds, is like 351 pounds of thrust in an instant. And it dumps all of that impulse in an instant. Uh, now, I'm sure their simulation told them that they were going to have a fantastic flight. It was going to be really fun. It was going to stay under the waiver, uh, in the, the waiver with the Federal Aviation Administration that high-power rocketeers have to respect, and that it was going to be so cool because it was going to go so fast. And what they hadn't taken into account was this was a paper rocket, so it was cardboard, oh, no. cardboard tube, plywood centering rings probably no thicker than an eighth of an inch, um, to be fair, they probably shouldn't have been allowed to fly it, but you know, um, uh, just as there, just as there are, you know, sometimes things slip through and what happened was the launch button was pressed and the whole rocket just flew apart and the motor went flying. And fortunately it didn't, didn't, it didn't come anywhere near anybody or anything of any, you know, import, but it was, it was a, a nerve wracking moment. Uh, because it just, it just, you know, the simulation isn't going to tell you that your glue isn't going to hold or your, your, your rocket is made out of too flimsy material. You can, you can simulate a rocket made out of anything and it'll show you that it'll fly, but that's not necessarily the case. Yes. Open rocket does assume that everything's going to hold together. And, uh, you know, when people do really high thrust and, and mock, mm -hmm. you know, uh, supersonic flights, I think they, will more likely use things like fin sim and all that'll simulate fin flutter and really get into sort of a mechanical nitty gritty of will the thing actually hold together. But uh, that is outside the scope of something that uh, Open Rocket would do. Yeah. And I, I don't know if they were using Open Rocket. They may have been using RockSim, which is a program that Apogee Components sells, which has got some similar, um, uh, similar characteristics to Open Rocket. Um, I don't really know, but... Uh, we have, we have a lot, we, we do occasionally have someone who has trusted their SIM a little bit too much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, so, 
And actually, are there any other limitations that you would uh, that you would caution anyone about with Open Rocket? Uh, well, in general, um, there are a couple of things that the program will warn you about, like um, if you have too many fins at some point. Uh, you know, the models it uses for fins are only considered to be reliable up to a certain number of fins, or if you have jagged fins or uh, uh, body tube discontinuities. Th- there's a few things that it will specifically warn you about, but then there are some things that it will not warn you about, uh, which is um, the components that are listed in the in the first, or actually in the second uh, row of of component icons, those are all really what I would call airframe components. Mm-hmm. And those are all treated aerodynamically. Um, below that, there are internal components, and they are not treated aerodynamically. So one example of something that's a program, uh, at least at the moment, hopefully it's something we can fix in the future, but uh, there's no support for uh, ring fins right now. Mm-hmm. We have tube fins, but not ring, you know, not ring tails. They're right. big rings that you would uh, be concentric with the with the main main airframe so what i do and i i love i love designing with uh ring fins so uh, what i always use to visually simulate it is an internal what's called an internal tube which is what you normally use for uh, a motor mount or something like that right and that is just completely ignored as far as aerodynamics go right because it, because it it assumes it's inside the rocket yeah, it's just it explicitly excludes it from aerodynamic considerations. So um, it's good for estimating center of gravity and for testing out how the design looks and the paint job and all that stuff, mm-hmm. but not for aerodynamics. So I usually build uh, a second model that has fins instead of the ring fin Yeah, that it sort of uses a cockamamie approximation that I sort of came up with. Um, but in general, things that are internal components are not modeled. Right. Just to give a visualization of what you're talking about for people who haven't used it. So you, what you've done is you've taken a tube that is normally inside the body of the rocket, like a motor mount tube, but you've made the size of it large enough so that when you're looking at it on the screen, it's actually outside larger than the body tube. But because it's an internal component, it's gonna, it's gonna not, it's not going to affect the simulation of the aerodynamics. Correct. Yes. Correct. And the other thing, now that we the in the new version where we support pods, um, it is possible to make all kinds of crazy things mm-hmm. uh, where tubes overlap with other tubes. You know, so you only have like if you want to have a partial scoop uh, on a rocket, you can do that now. Yeah. But. The program thinks that the entire tube is in the airflow at that point. It doesn't have a full three-dimensional awareness of how parts intersect with each other and overlap. So um, you just have to, you know, once you start getting into doing more complicated stuff, you just have to be aware of of where the limitations are and make sure that um, you're not trusting it to be understanding things that it really doesn't understand. Right. Um, But for, again, for standard, what I would call, you know, standard rocket design, you know, body tubes and fins, you're going to be, you're going to be pretty safe and it's going to, it's going to work well. Hey, we're going to take a quick break and we will be right back. 
All right, it's time to talk about our sponsor, eRockets.biz, your home for unique model rocket kits, as well as the world's largest selection of rocket parts from SEMROCK. They've been in business since 2009, and eRockets doesn't just stock many of your favorite in-production kits. They also produce their own versions of popular out-of-production models many of you have come to enjoy over the years. And I want to talk to you about one in particular, and that is the Cherokee D, which is a classic Estes kit. There are three versions of the Cherokee D, which you can get at eRockets.biz in the SEMROCK line of rockets. There's the standard Cherokee D, which is a BT-55 size model. It's a, it's a nice, beautiful uh, rocket, which uh, has a nice balsa nose cone. Uh, this has got a real sleek look. The decals are real nice. I built one myself, and it's one of my favorite flyers. It's one of my favorite kits in the fleet. As a matter of fact, I'm afraid to fly it on a D because it looks so nice. I don't want to get it stuck in a tree. That retails for $29.99. If you like Micromax, they have a tiny little version for $12.99, the Micromax version. But if you like upscales, they've also got the Pro Cherokee. And this is an upscale. It's a 200% upscale with laser-cut plywood fins, slotted body tubes for through-the-wall construction. It includes rail buttons and screw-on motor retention, vinyl decals by Sticker Shock with a 29-millimeter motor tube. This is a nice, large rocket. It's a 2.6-inch diameter. If you're looking for a really sharp-looking, clean model, a larger model, uh, this, would be a good, uh, this would be a good option. As a matter of fact, if you are looking to do a level one certification flight. Uh, rockets like this, very simple, very nice, very clean. Uh, 29 millimeters is really all you need. You could do a level one certification on this rocket. It's a beautiful rocket and it's only $89.99 at eRockets.biz. Also, need parts for your own custom builds? Well, there's no problem there. eRockets.biz supplies the SEMROCK line of airframes, nose cones, centering rings, motor mounts, and so much more. E-Rockets has more rocket parts available than anyone else on Earth. So check out eRockets.biz today to learn more. eRockets.biz. If rocketry scares you, buy a train set. Daniel loves your model rocket questions. If you have any, send them to noob at themodelrocketshow.com. That's N-0-0-B at themodelrocketshow.com. Now, back to Daniel. Are there any little-known or underrated features of Open Rocket that you'd like to talk about? Oh, boy. That's a tough one. Um, well, there are probably a few things that maybe people aren't super aware of. Um, on one of the menus, the tools menu, there's um, a rocket optimization, which is very, very flexible. And what it lets you do is... Choose parameters that you want to optimize your rocket for. And let's say, for instance, you want to uh, maximize your altitude. Mm -hmm. um, you can tell it, I want to, that altitude is the parameter that I want to maximize. And I want to let it play with the length of the body tube and the length of the nose cone, mm -hmm. just as an example. And you push the button, it will basically run through a sweep of different values for all the different uh, things you want to play with. And it'll tell you the combination of parameters that will give you, in that case, the maximum altitude. Mm -hmm. So uh, you can definitely, and because sometimes 
as we know, sometimes the lightest rocket does not go the highest. Because sometimes a little bit more mass will help it um, will help it coast further. Right. So you can optimize the nose weight by doing that. So that's a fun that's a fun tool to play with. Um, Right, there's other good stuff. Well, in the new version, there's there's definitely a few interesting things in the new version that maybe people haven't tried yet. Uh-huh. Uh, other than pods, which are sort of the headline feature, right? One of the headline features. And pods, we're talking about external, external tubes with little nose cones on them that you might or might not have motors in them, right? Possibly, although you don't have to use a tube that you can see. You right. can use the um, the dreaded phantom body tube, which basically. If you set the body tube of the pod to be zero diameter, mm-hmm. that will generate a warning, by the way, but I think it's generally pretty safe as far as simulation goes. Right. Uh, and then you attach fins to that, then you can simulate basically fins on fins. I see. So um, you could do, once you have pods, you could do almost anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was definitely, that was one of the features that really got me involved in open rocket because I knew that the next version was going to have pods and I was wondering when's that version coming out <laughs> so I sort of got on the mailing list and I started poking and say what's what's going on and started to try to help and eventually sort of uh, by uh, by accident ended up uh, being being on the team but anyway other than other than pods um, there are a couple of nifty things that really have just come in a recent Recent beta, one thing you can do now is multi-select different components and edit uh, common parameters all at once. Oh. So, for instance, it's really fantastically useful if you are trying to design a paint scheme or something. Mm-hmm. So, you can multi-select in the component tree all the components you want and edit. And if you change the color of that component on the appearance tab, it will change all of them at once. So if you've ever tried to, if some people don't really care about the whole visual aspect of right. things, I do. I do. It's something that I spend a lot of time with my custom designs, uh, trying to design good looking uh, paint schemes. And if you say, you know what, this rocket was black, but I really want to try it in red. Mm-hmm. But you've got to go through every component individually to change it. It's really unpleasant. <laughs> That's tedious. true. Yeah. I, I and, and I use it for that because I'm, I'm, I'm similar. I like to make them. I like to make them pretty. But sometimes I, you know, I've got a rocket. I'm like, I don't know what I want this to look like. I have no idea. And I just, I need something I can put color on that looks like the rocket uh, to give my to give myself an idea. You know. Yeah. So now that's a lot. That's a lot easier to make changes now. Um, sometimes the changes are so difficult that I kind of gave up on some things. It's like I'm not. I'm not going through 30 components and changing all the colors one by one again, but no longer. <laughs> um, so that's a great that's a great new feature that uh, people may not notice. Um, also in the appearance realm, um, you can now have different appearances on the two sides of the, each fin. Oh, so if you want to have uh, different decals on on a fin uh, on one side versus the other, you can do that. Um, and that's visible in the appearance tab. You can also do that, uh, something similar with tubes. They can have a different color on the outside and the inside. Oh, cool. Uh, so that's kind of that's fun. Um, 
those are the things that pop out to me. Of course, again, I, I, I love to play with the, the appearance of things. Really, I think what's most important about the new version, other than uh, just the vast number of bugs that have been fixed and those new capabilities, there have been a ton of what I would call quality of life improvements in the tool. Mm-hmm. So now, for instance, this is something that I was very happy that got implemented. Um, the motor configurations, when you create a new motor configuration, mm-hmm. it automatically opens up the motor selector. Previously, you would create it, it would put a new thing in the list and you had to go over, click on the motor and you had to remember to do that all in sequence. Now it just sort of does what you're always going to do anyway. It does it automatically for you. That's cool. That's just one little example, but there's a lot of little things like that in there. I think most people will find that overall it is uh, generally nicer to use. Um, and we there's basically an infinite amount of work that's still to be done to sort of remove pain points and smooth over uh, workflows and things. But uh, I think it's made a lot of progress and I'm pretty happy with uh, what we were able to do uh, in this release so far. But yeah, I got, I got a list of a thousand more things like that that I'd love to, love to get done. Um, but uh, got to prioritize. So we'll see. I think the, re- the, the reason you and I first touched base is that because I, had said, I think I had said something on Twitter about, about uh, fins on a transition, which uh, you, you can't... Oh, I you, forgot about that. Yes, how could I forget? Yeah, you couldn't really do in previous versions of uh, Open Rocket. And I'm, I was building a, a V2 and then an Estes V2, which this, the kit has oversized fins for stability. And when I say fins on a transition, what I mean is, you know, a V2 has... The back end of a V2 is what's called a boat tail or a, or a tail cone. And the fins are on that. They're not attached to the body tube itself. They're attached on this part that go, gets uh, from goes from fatter to narrower, if you're looking at the V2. And um, uh, Open Rocket wasn't supporting that. And what I needed, the reason I needed to know, I needed to do that is because I actually cut the fins to scale. So I removed some of the fin and I needed to know where the new center of pressure was. And uh, because that's, I was, I, I was potentially going to have to add a little nose weight to make sure the rocket was still stable. Because again, I modified the kit. I didn't design it the way Estes had done it. And the actual V2 rocket itself, apart from being, you know, a real missile and having different weight distribution, also had things like, you know, jet vanes and things for stability. So, um, so yeah, so and and you mentioned that there's a new this new version coming out and you know sort of talk me through back and forth through email <laughs> trying to get the the thing installed on my computer. So now I have the older version and the newer version. Uh and I think that's pretty exciting. The 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 pod, the the fins on transitions is pretty exciting. Yeah, and actually I'm very glad you brought that up because that was actually one of the uh tentpole features of the release. So that uh uh, a lot of people I know were were asking about that on on the rocketry forum over the years. Yeah, and uh, it's nice. There were, there were kind of ways to, there were kind of hack approximations prior to that. Right. But it's always nice when you can do it as the pro, as as the program intends in a supported way, and not have to use hacks. Uh, you know, a lot of what we're doing is trying to remove the need for doing hacks because right. there will probably always be a certain number of hacks that need to be done, but. Uh, 
anytime we can make it properly supported, you know, that's one less thing that people have to go hunting around saying, hey, how do you do this crazy thing? People will uh, come up with various uh, uh, interesting ways to, to accomplish it, which may or may not actually work that well as far as simulation goes. So um, that was a good one. One of the things that would concern me about using a hack like that is if I do that, I might get something that looks like the rocket, but I don't know if the, the math, the mathematics involved in making that simulation are going to put the center of pressure where, I, where it actually is. So I don't know if I'm going to be able to rely on that for stability. Um, because I don't, I don't, I, I mean, I, you know, stability is, you, in, in your standard rockets, uses something called Barrowman equations. I've been told the math isn't that difficult, but I've, I've looked at the original Barrowman report and I, I don't understand it. I've forgotten a lot of math since I was in high school. <laughs> so, you know, re- I rely on open rocket to sort of tell me where things are, where the, where the center of pressure is. And, and if I'm messing with something and I'm making a hack, I'm like, well, maybe that's where the center of pressure is. And maybe it's not. I have no idea. So, yeah, that's, that's really exactly, exactly the point. And uh, uh, I say it's nice when the program can sort of support the feature natively. So you don't have to worry about, am I doing something that's, going to be inaccurate because I'm fooling the program somehow. Right. I tell you a, a, a feature that I like that I didn't discover until a couple of years after I started using it was something called Open Example. When you go to the file menu and you go down to Open, there is a the about the third, actually the fourth little icon says Open Example. And it gives you all these rockets that have been designed from a simple model rocket to a TARC payloader, to a boosted DART high power rocket, a whole bunch of, uh, just a whole bunch of different rockets that have been designed. A lot of them are quite large uh, that are really fun and interesting to look at, especially if you look at them, you know, in their, their finished view, which, you know, has decals and paint jobs. And I'm actually looking at one right now. It's pretty cool. Uh, I don't know how they how you made that, but <laughs> um, which one are you looking at? Uh, which one am I looking at right now? The simulated simulation listener example. Wait a minute, which one is that? That was uh, I don't even. I just opened one at random, and I don't know what it was called. But there was a roll stabilized rocket. Oh, it's the roll stabilized rocket. Um, and then I there's a you know there's a uh, an a high-powered air start, this cluster rocket design. There's just a lot of, there are a lot of just sample rockets. So if you don't know how, to, like even how to get started, like what are the parts supposed to look like, you know, things like that. Um, you know, there, there are samples in here. It's a very, very good and useful feature. Actually, I didn't really discover them myself for quite a while. Yeah. Um, and for people who are just getting started uh, with Open Rocket. The idea of the examples is both to cover the features of the program and also to cover sort of the typical scenarios that uh, one might uh, need to deal with uh, when designing rockets of various sizes. Mm -hmm. Uh, But for people who are just getting started, if you just open the first one, a simple model rocket, um, I think Sampo himself created that one uh, way back when. And it's just a perfect example that shows you 
uh, all of the basic components that go into building a, a simulation model. Right. And uh, it's very, very straightforward. It's, you know, it's three fins and a nose cone mm-hmm. and it's got all the internal stuff. It's got a number of different uh, motor simulations. Um, so it's, it's a really great way to get started to just sort of see. I mean, it, it, frankly, if, if the model you're building is three fins and a nose cone, you really couldn't start with that and just change things. Just change it, right. Uh, just change it to, to match what yours. One other, I just realized one other feature I should mention is um, this new version has included Dave Cook's really excellent uh, component library that he has maintained separately hmm. uh, from the Open Rocket for a number of years. And for this release, we included it in the program so you didn't have to go through a little bit of gymnastics to try to install it with your uh, copy of Open Rocket. So I think that's a really, really nice improvement as well. It's yeah. quite extensive. Uh, it doesn't have everything in the world, but it really has most of what you would, most of what you would need in most cases. And uh, the old version of Open Rocket really had a fairly outdated parks library. So yeah. uh, very often you had to go and sort of enter all the parameters yourself. But uh, definitely, uh, again, for people who are starting out, go to the... Uh, when you're editing a component and you have the little uh, uh, component edit dialog open, you go up to the right, uh, select preset. Uh, it'll pull up a very nice list of uh, components. And again, it's it's really quite extensive. And you can just pick pick from parts that exist rather than trying to figure out what to create yourself from scratch. Really makes things go more quickly. Yeah. And I mean, I'm and I'm I'm just looking at it right now. If you wanted to just start designing, it's pretty simple. You open it up, and there's there there's a, a design window down at the bottom, and there's a parts window up at the top, and then there's just components. You just start by clicking on nose cone. You can you know make the nose cone in any size, any shape you want, and you add a body tube. And you add fins of various shapes and 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 all that stuff. It's pretty. It's pretty simple. It it might take if you're just trying to figure it out yourself. Uh, I know that uh, I, it took me a while to sort of figure out, you know, how to how to uh, do it and how to, you know, get things to look the way I wanted them to. But are there any tutorials that uh, that people can look at? Well, there are. There are a couple of uh, what are called guided tours inside the program under the health menu. Mm-hmm. And I did not even know those existed until recently when they, uh, they, they, they got updated. Um, they're, they're a little bit helpful. You know, they kind of run through uh, some of the screens and the components of the screen, like what you mentioned, you know, the rocket view, the component tree, the component button. So there's sort of like a little slideshow mm-hmm. um, to show things in. It's it's good little good little starter. Um, on uh, the wiki, there's an Open Rocket wiki uh, that I don't have the URL for in my head at the moment. We'll put but, it in. Uh, we'll put it in the show notes. Sure. There's uh, there is a, a tutorial there. Um, there isn't what I would call yet the definitive introductory tutorial mm-hmm. to Open Rocket. I been, I've thought about writing it in the past, but it's a fairly time consuming task and. I haven't really gotten to it. Um, but it, when you look at all the different sources, you should be able to, uh, any beginner, I think, ought to be able to piece together uh, how to do the basics. And 
something that I always try to emphasize uh, on the on the rocketry forum is try it, and if you need help, just post and ask for help. There are loads of people, including uh, right now, everyone on the Open Rocket team is on the forum and responding to uh, help requests. So uh, the one thing I would ask and emphasize is if you're going to add, if you're running into a problem and you're asking for help, please, please, please post the file that you're working on. <laughs> and if possible, post a screenshot of what looks wrong. A lot of times we have people say, I'm trying to do this and it's not working. What's the problem? Well, right. Show me. Yeah, <laughs> I show me. Can't, I can't guess. So <laughs> it just it, it saves time if you provide all the info up front. We can answer you uh, as quickly as quickly as possible, rather than going back and forth. So, um, but yeah, it, there's tons of help to be had, and I really it's hard for me to imagine that anybody would be incapable of figuring it out between the online help and the uh, the built-in help in the program and the wiki tutorials and various people have made uh, tons of YouTube videos on how to use Open Rocket. Uh, if you search for Open Rocket on YouTube, you'll find plenty. Yeah. Um, so it, I feel like there's more than enough help uh, at easily accessible for people to be able to figure it out and learn it. So uh, no excuses. Load it. Try it. It's a lot of fun. And, uh, to, it's a lot of fun to play around with. It's fun and it's uh, it's just useful, you know. It's very useful. Yeah, a lot of times when I'm prepping for a launch for the next day, uh, I will run a bunch of sims. I'll, I'll sort of look at my fleet and go, "What do I want to fly?" And then you know, I run different simulations based on, okay, if it's not windy, what can I fly this on? If it's really windy, what else? What should I fly? You know, because, you know, we've, we've had a few days where it's been really, really calm and I can put something way up there. And then other days where we get to the field and it's just nice to, it's nice to have an idea in mind of what are my options if it's windier than I'm expecting. Um, and it's just fun to play around with. I, the way I got started building my own was I just went on to... Uh, a website a vendor and I just saw what parts were available and I just, you know, what size they were and everything. And then using those parts, I just sort of played around with the length of body tubes and shapes of fins. And then I came up with a rocket that I thought that looks pretty good. I'll, I'll build that. And I built that and it was, it was great. And I could have done that without, without open rocket. Cause I just, you know, I don't have drafting skills. So. Yeah, honestly, for me, I'm, I'm very visual and I really, like to see what it's going to look like in the 3D. You know, you get very nice 3D rendered uh, rendered views. And well, I've gotten to the point now where, you know, I designed all my decals and I designed all my paint schemes and everything. And when I end up finished, when I finish building my models, they look so close to the to the renders that Open Rocket outputs that sometimes I I can't actually tell whether I'm looking at a render of the rocket because. <laughs> You can really make it look exactly as it is. Of course, that means that there's no uh, exciting surprise at the end what it looks like because, yeah, okay, it looks like pretty much exactly what I designed. But um, well, for uh, me, that's a, that's a huge feature. I really want to know exactly what it's going to be when it's done. Yeah, well, I mean, I like that because I... Before I got into rocketry, I was never the kind of person where I could say, imagine a thing and then make that thing and have it look like I wanted it to look. 
You know, when I was a kid, I always tried to make things and they just looked terrible. It's just, they just didn't come out the way I was imagining them, you know, and usually I was trying to build, uh, you know, turn my bike into a, an airplane with some cardboard boxes or something. But, <laughs> but, but, uh, and of course they didn't fly, but even worse than that is they didn't look like the airplanes I was imagining these cardboard boxes turning into. Um, but with open rocket and rocketry, I finally learned how to actually take something and make it the way I want it to look. And even if that's the paint job on the, you know, on the, on the kit, if I'm building a kit, um, but if it's, a, if it's something where I'm designing it, you know, I like the fact that I can come up with an idea and then build the thing and it looks the way I imagined it, you know? Yeah, I think that's, I, I love that. You know, for me, that's, that's the fun part of designing. You know, I don't, I don't build everything I design. Sometimes I just come up with a pretty render and say, yeah, I'll put that one aside for now. But <laughs> I just, I just, I just think it's tremendously fun and rewarding uh, to do that. Yeah. I have a lot of projects that I've started on Open Rocket and I haven't finished yet. I've got, I've got a few that I've been, I've some ideas I've been toying around with for for years of like testing different models and you know I'm talking about like middle school science fair project type type stuff, you know, mm. airfoils versus non airfoils versus you know, and so I've designed all of these things in in Open Rocket and, uh, um. And I, of course, I haven't gotten around to building them because I'm like, well, do I, do I really feel like building 50 rockets or did I just want to design that in open rocket? You know? Yeah, sometimes it's like the, the open rocket modeling is the project. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sometimes. Um, I know I think that's been uh, something that has been a way that some like uh, school, school classes, some rocketry, you know, in addition to you know the ex the exercise where they'll actually build a rocket, I know sometimes they were actually the class. What they're learning in class is how to use open rocket and how to understand the relationships between you know fin placement and fin size and center of pressure and stability and all that. You know you can learn a lot just from playing around uh, inside the program and not even actually building anything. Although obviously building and flying is is the uh, ultimate goal, but you can learn a lot just from experimenting in the program and say, oh, if I do this sort of thing, is this going to be more stable? Yeah. going to be more draggy, you know? I, um, I forgot so. to mention that. Actually, several years ago, I taught a model rocket class two, two summers in a row. And I used, uh, I used Open Rocket. And, um, you know, we did things like we all designed a rocket together um, and or we would run simulations of the rockets we were building. Um, we had to keep the the altitude's kind of small, but I wanted to give them an idea of, you know, okay, so on the A motors we're flying these on, these are probably going to go about 200 feet, but what what if we put a C or a D in there? Um, and that was a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, I, I, I didn't have a high power certification at the time, and these were like 11 to 14 year olds, and we were at a, we were in a parking lot. So we weren't going to fly a high power rocket, but we could, we could build one in open rocket if we wanted to, which we did. And, I had a lot of time to kill, so <laughs> it was a lot of fun to play around with that and, and show these kids this. And I think, I think that several of them went home and downloaded it. And I, you know, I, I know several of them got into model rocketry after taking that, that, uh, that summer camp. Uh, That's great. Yeah, yeah. That's great. That's right. Well, the website is openrocket.info. We'll post a link to all of that in the show notes. 
Uh, and do you have anything else to add, Neil? I do have one other thing I would like to add. Um, we have uh, repeated many times that Open Rocket is free and open source. And that is true and will continue to be true. But we will be uh, starting to fundraise sometime soon. And the specific reason for that is that there are fees that we are going to have to pay to sign the application so that you won't get a million warnings uh, when you try to install it. Um, so each of the different uh, software platforms has signing rules. I, I shouldn't say each. Basically, Windows and Mac have app signing rules that are uh, you have to get uh, certificates from, uh, in the Apple's case, it's Apple, and then Windows, there's some other providers for it. But you have to get certificates so that when you install the program, your computer believes that it is not malware or something else, and you don't get a hundred messages discouraging you from installing it, which is kind of the case right now yeah. uh, with the with the betas. So there are instructions on the website on how to go through that whole process, um, but we will be again doing some completely voluntary fundraising uh, sometime soon. We'll be posting information about that. And uh, if people want to contribute a bit, then that's then that's that's great. I but do see a to. donate icon on the uh, OpenRocket.info website. So yeah, it is live, but we haven't we haven't talked about it yet. Okay, um, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a process to sort of organize to where you can accept funds, um, and uh, we've chosen a particular platform where uh, all of our Funds and expenditures will be completely transparent. They'll be able to see exactly how much we have and what we're spending it on. So uh, again, completely voluntary, but we hope that uh, folks who've gotten value out of the program will consider a small, small donation. And uh, again, we'll be talking about that more in the future. But I just wanted to get that out there. Uh, the one other thing is uh, use try the beta. If you have problems, please report them. You can either uh, just report it on the Rocketry forum or you can go to GitHub and report there. Um, or if you have suggestions, post them onto GitHub or on the Rocketry forum. And if you want to contribute, we have a Slack, we have mailing lists. We'd love to get more contributors. We have a nice stable team right now, but we could always use more help. So uh, anybody is welcome who wants to get involved in any capacity whatsoever. All right. Well, thank you very much, Neil Weinstock. Thanks for talking to us about Open Rocket. And uh, if you have any updates or any news, let us know and we will let folks know. Uh, we are going to have another episode uh, on sort of the more advanced aspects of Open Rocket for people in, interested in high power rocketry on our sister program, The Rocketry Show, at therocketryshow.com. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. Uh, but we wanted to get you on here on the Model Rocket Show at themodelrocketshow.com to talk about this, especially because, you know, a lot of people get involved in model rocketry. Don't even know that this is an option. There's free software. There's free software. It's really cool. You can use it. You can download yep. it and you can play around with it and you can you can figure out some stuff and you can really it's it's a really great tool in your toolbox and you can really expand your understanding and enjoyment of model rocketry with this free program. Uh, so thank you very much, Neil Weinstock. Thanks, Daniel. This was a lot of fun. It was. Thank you. 
All right, that's The Model Rocket Show at themodelrocketshow.com. Hope you liked it. Thanks very much to my guest, Neil Weinstock. By the way, I do have an Etsy shop uh, with uh, rocketry and space-themed things like T-shirts and hoodies and mugs and stuff like that. Uh, and I'll post a link to that on our show notes at themodelrocketshow.com. I have a promo code that'll save you 10% off of my shop if you use the words Model Rocket Show, all one word, Model Rocket Show. That's your promo code that'll save you 10% off of my Etsy shop. So yeah, check it out. All right, that's the show. As always, build well, fly safe, and we'll catch you next time. This show is brought to you by the support of our sponsors and listeners. If you wish to support the show for just a few dollars a month, please become a patron by visiting patreon.com slash the rocketry show. Don't forget to check out our sister show, therocketryshow.com, a program that is all about advanced and high-power rocketry. The views and opinions expressed on these programs are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect those of Little Beth Entertainment or its sponsors.